Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi everyone, welcome to The Fumble, it's me Vernon Kay and Darren Fletcher, as promised, we're, we're churning these out now, I mean I can't believe it, this is two back to back, it's outrageous Darren Fletcher, what a week in the NFL, Thanksgiving weekend, three great games, all back to back, and can I just say, I'm going to say it early, because I did say it early in the season, keeping your eye on Adam Dirty and the Dallas Cowboys defensive line, without doubt, one of the top three units in the league at the moment, is being led by a British Dude, it's outstanding. Hopefully, you'll get recognition at the BBC Sports Personality of the Year, but they never do. They never, ever, 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 ever mention the Brits' success over the pond in the NFL. But fingers crossed, FA's doing well, Adam's doing well, we're looking all right. Darren, the World Cup has kicked off. It's been a fantastic week. We're recording this on Saturday morning after a draw. England drew against the USA after smashing, absolutely destroying Iran. Are we back to square one, big guy? We always have one clunker in a World Cup, <clears throat> always. And if we don't get a penalty from a grappling at a corner or something daft, we don't win it. And, and and last night was that game. We must be a hell of a side if Phil Foden can't get on the pitch. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, I, I don't know what Gareth Southgate is thinking of there. For me, being the starting lineup, I don't see a great deal of form going into the World Cup for Chelsea, for Raheem Sterling. Certainly think there's a a case that Foden should be starting out there on the left and maybe Sterling as an impact sub. Um, I think they've got to try and work him into the team, particularly if they're going to find teams as hard to break down as they did last night because they're going to face better opposition as the tournament goes. Um, I'm still confident. I think we'll find one or two two good for us. I said at the outset, quarterfinals will probably be, <clears throat> I think, where we'll go to. And I mean, watched Brazil the other night. I've not seen any team in the tournament that play football quite like they do. And I would stress, at both ends of the pitch, Serbia are a good team. England don't want to meet Serbia in this World Cup, by the way. They're a good team. But even in the first half, when the commentators and the analysts were <clears throat> disappointed in Brazil, Serbia didn't have a shot on target. They were well organised. They've got two fine centre-backs in Thiago Silva and Marquinhos. They've got the best goalkeeper in the world behind them. They've got the best central midfield player of his type in the world in Casemiro. So... 
defensively, they are fine. It's just a case of at what stage of the match do they click? And when they do click, forget it, because they're the best team in the tournament with or without Neymar. They're the favourites for me, were at the start. Right, listen, I've got some numbers for you. <clears throat> I was going to do them all later, but based on your fantastic intro regarding your very good friend, Adam Dirty and the Dallas Cowboys, I thought I'd tell you this, and I think it will surprise you. The Dallas Cowboys have been playing football since 1960 and have never had the number one defence in the NFL until now. They're allowing 16.7 points a game. Fewest in the league, the Dallas defence has never been ranked number one in the NFL in 62 years until right now, my friend. And your buddy, former coach, good mate, is smack bang in the middle of that. So well done him, because that is fantastic. And I think more should be made of it. That The role that he's playing with Dan Quinn on the defensive side for Dallas might just get them a Super Bowl title. And let me tell you this as well. This wasn't part of the numbers, but I read this this morning too. There have only been eight quarterbacks to win a Super Bowl without a top 10 defense. Only eight. Wow. A top 10 defense. So if you start to add this together, you can start to make a stronger case for this Dallas Cowboys team. I still think there's something that needs to click between Dak Prescott and his receivers. I know CeeDee Lamb had a game and a half on Thursday night against the Giants, but I just think... They need that fluidity. They need that consistency. The play action needs to work better. They've got two good running backs in Pollard and Elliott. But I just think there's something missing that hasn't clicked because the Cowboys don't seem to come out the gate firing. It takes them a quarter and a half to get going. Do you know what I mean? And I think in this day and age where you've got explosive offences on the other sideline, uh, and I'm looking at the top tier teams, I think you've really got to come out the gate, first drive, do something. You've got to do something because there are too many teams out there now who can just score at the click of a finger. Yeah. What I would say, though, <clears throat> on the back of that, is that we always kind of get, and I'm, I'm as guilty as anybody here, you look at Kansas City and you look at Patrick Mahomes and you go, oh, well, you, you know, you're not going to face them in the playoffs. You only get to the Super Bowl and play them. I get that. But if you look at this Dallas team, they do a lot of things better. Than Kansas City do. They run the ball better than Kansas City do. They play defense better than Kansas City do. So there are elements. If Dallas are the NFC representative and they're going to play Kansas City in the, in the Super Bowl, there are elements to their game that they do better than Kansas City and do it significantly better than Kansas City. You know, if you want to control the ball, control the clock, and play defense, then Dallas is your team because you've got, as you say, Pollard and, and, and Elliott, and then you've got a defense that not only restricts you in terms of points but they get takeaways too which is key in the playoffs you know the value of, a, of an interception or a forced fumble and, and a recovery in the playoffs I mean they Massive. are absolutely game-changing moments and I would challenge at the moment that there isn't a defense in the league that does that as well as as Dallas and, and the point you make about I completely agree with you the, the point you make about they're just not quite clicking in that passing game Who's to say, though, we're week 12 at the moment. Who's to say by week 15, 16, as they, they go into the playoffs, that, that Dak Prescott, who has missed time, has got the timing and chemistry fully down with C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, etc. by that point. If he has, and they're still playing defence and running the ball the way they are now, then nobody in the NFL would want to face that Dallas team heading into the playoffs. So I, I think there's a... And I tell you what, you know... 
they are the biggest NFL franchise. They are the most popular NFL franchise in the US and globally. They have been for some time. Television ratings are off the scale. You mentioned the numbers for the for the Giants game, 48 million or 42 million. Crazy. You imagine what it means for a league that is exploding anyway. If they get the Dallas Cowboys back on top as well at the time of all of this expansion, the international series is expanding again. If, if the Cowboys are really successful and spearheading that at the forefront of all that, then then the NFL, I mean, which is which which is on the crest of a wave now, just has more levels to go to. It's 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 a great time if you're an owner in the NFL and you see Dallas starting to play like this, just in terms of business. Bonkers. Absolutely, and you know what really is interesting, Darren, is as we came out of uh, the take a knee period in the NFL where Donald Trump was on the back of Roger Goodell and NFL ratings were, were were fluctuating up and down. They weren't the best to come out of that with this massive positive, that 42 million for a Thanksgiving game is the highest it's ever been in the Crazy. history of the NFL. So in 2022, 42 million people tuned in on Thanksgiving to watch the New York Giants play the Dallas Cowboys. Admittedly, both have winning records, which makes it for a better game. But the NFL, like you said, is in a good place. It's in a good place. And we are now starting to drip feed Brits into that. And it goes back, all our conversations on the fumble all tie together. If you put all the episodes back to back and the topics we talk about and the way that we talk about the growth of the game, you know, sometimes Darren and I are a little bit sceptical about where it's going in the UK and Europe, and we have our opinions on that. But if you look at the growth of the game, We've said it before and we'll say it again. Once we get our NFL stars into the back pages, not necessarily on the back pages of our of our sports newspapers and magazines and this, that and the other, but once NFL starts to become set in stone in the conscious of the British public, the NFL can do nothing but blow up again in the UK. And we're yeah. on that and we're on the right track. I tell you what, I would have a little side bet with anybody at the moment, is if Dallas get to the Super Bowl this year, you will have the highest rated television audience for a Super Bowl in the history of the league because it's been a long time since they've been there. And if they're pulling in those kind of figures for Thanksgiving, then the Super Bowl would explode, absolutely guaranteed, based on the figures that we see for Thanksgiving for the Giants game. So, you know, this is, this is good for business if you're in the NFL, the Dallas Cowboys playing like they are. They're, I mean, and also... You know, they're a sexy franchise, aren't they? I mean, look, I've never been more disappointed when Super Bowl 50 was between the Denver Broncos and the Carolina Panthers. You know, that needed to be two pillars of the NFL for the 50th anniversary Super Bowl. Not those two. Peyton Manning, who was chucking it underarm, and Cam Newton, who froze in the <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I was at that game. I was at that game, right? And the build-up for that game, Super Bowl 50. Let's not forget, half a century, let's celebrate the NFL. You have the Panthers and you have the Denver Broncos. Peyton Manning couldn't run, could barely throw. Cam Newton didn't want get it, didn't want to get involved. You know, there was that famous fumble where he went in and then went, oh, you know what? I ain't going in there. I'm going to leave it to the big boys. I'm like, dude, it's the Super Bowl. You've got to put your body on the line for at least one game. Come on. Yeah. That was a, that was that was a disappointing afternoon in San Francisco. But like I'm... you said, like I, as a kid, I used to get off 
Right, and I mean this. I used to get up seeing the Cowboy Stadium on the opening titles of Dallas. Yeah. I used to love that moment where the helicopter panned across and we saw the Dallas Cowboys. I used to soak up football, every opportunity. There was always a question once every month on Question of Sport with Emlyn Hughes and Bill Beaumont as the captains. And every now and again, you'd get a Walter Payton or an Art Monk question. And because, you know, going back to everything that we've said, and I've said it before, American football was then, in the late 80s, in our mindset, it was there. We knew about American football. I mean, yeah, Yeah. admittedly, no, it happens on Question of Sport because we've got Jason and Orsio, two characters within the NFL. But outside of that, it doesn't. Look what look at the reaction that uh, Bradley Walsh gave Jason Bell on the chase. All that stuff that we've had to put up with in the decades of, oh, American football, they just do this and they just do that. It's really boring in it and it takes ages. It's like, Bradley, we've moved on. Come on. Yeah. Do you know what as well, Vern? I forgot to mention this. So l- last weekend, Luca was playing in a, a Premier League tournament for Forest at Loughborough, Loughborough University. And it's closed to parents, so you can't go and watch the Premier League do it for, for safeguarding and all that kind of thing. But when I dropped him off um, on the artificial pitch, Loughborough were playing. Loughborough University were playing. Nice. Um, and they were playing Nottingham. So it was a local game, Nottingham against Loughborough. And it's great. I, I stayed and watched that. I couldn't watch my son play. But I stayed <laughs> and watched that, and it was great. And I tell you what, mate, I tell you what, you know, into, I'd not seen a domestic game for a little while. Um, and I stood and watched it, and each roster, each sideline, there were at least 50 players on the sideline. The participation of it was brilliant. The play itself was of a standard that was good enough to make it really watchable and enjoyable. Um, And the enthusiasm and the work that had gone in to make it what it was was brilliant. The, the The pitch was, I think it was 90 yards the field. So it was the 45, not the 50. But it was great. It was on a, an artificial pitch. It was fantastic. And I looked at it and, and I didn't realise, somebody had told me that there's a huge university participation now for, for teams. It's massive, I didn't realise. I didn't realise. And, and by the way, by the way, what was great to see as well, all ages, all ages, there were mature students as well as young students playing on the same, on the same team. And I just looked at it and thought, this is what it is. This is what it should be. It's a game for all. They're all enjoying it. It was a good game. Loads of passion. And they both got in the huddle when they lost. And they were saying, listen, we're going to see these guys again if we keep winning. Because Loughborough beat Nottingham. So I was a bit disappointed by that. But but they were all in there. It was brilliant. It was great to watch. It took me back. But I looked at it and thought, wow, if you've got that level of participation for two universities here, which will be countrywide, it made me believe a little bit more in this process that you could potentially put Brits into the NFL because there were there were so many playing. There have got to be some good ones among them. You know what I mean? There's got to be enough talent there because there, there were the numbers. So, well, that- you know what? You know what we've done. We've we've kind of been very uh, sceptical about the NFL poaching rugby players. You know, we, we've seen it yeah. in the past where the NFL have, have kind of they've forgotten about the grassroots and they've gone. Look, we need a player in there. No, we need a we need a player in an NFL practice squad. And we've done that. We've grabbed rugby players who have, have been at the pinnacle of their game and we've pushed them forward and tried to educate them into American football. And our opinion on the fumble is it hasn't worked. But what's interesting, what you mentioned there, Darren, with university football, is they're starting now to scrape away at the rugby players. 
they're slowly drawing in rugby players to play American football. And you yeah. know that rugby is, uh, it's an institution in the UK. You know, as soon as you get in an academy or your local squad, you start to beef up, you become more physical, you're used to the contact. And then when you get to university, the lads who've been playing rugby for what, four or five years, they're built like American football players. They've got the shoulders, they've got the, you know, the lats, they've got the, they've got the physical attributes that are required to play American football. And once we continue that chipping away at the rugby players and getting them into the university American football teams, that will make a massive difference. I'm telling you, because American football is still deemed in my opinion, as that nerdy sport that the kids that don't play rugby go and play because they can wear the pads and this, that and the other. But my opinion is, and this sounds really, really weird, even though the NFL is becoming less physical because of the, the way that you now have to really think about the physics of your body flying into another body. You have to position yourself in a certain position or else you get 15 yards or else, even worse, you get ejected, right? Because we've got those physical specimens who are coming into the game in the UK, they know how to tackle because they're rugby boys. And, you know, we know that there are incidents within rugby, but they don't use the noggin. Whereas it's ingrained in American footballers in the past, and I think it's slowly deteriorating, that you don't use your head or your shoulders. You start to tackle like rugby players. And it can only get better for us Brits trying to get into the NFL, if that makes yeah. sense at all. What was great as well was aesthetically on the eye, it looked ultra professional. They yeah. all they all looked smart. The uniforms yeah. were pristine. Yeah. So it wasn't as if they'd all got given That's a thanks journey. to Dave at Football America. He's making yeah. an absolute killing. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Even when I used to play, when I was, when I was a teenager, the pants would be slightly different or oh, yeah. somebody would have different coloured ones or... Yeah. Whatever. So you'd have the same jersey on, but then there were other aspects of the uniform that were different. Even when, you know, the Budweiser League days, fine. But even then, you'd find one or two on the field who've got slightly different pants to everybody else. And it just... But this was ultra-professional. They all looked a million dollars. Yeah. The, the uniforms, the jerseys, everything was coordinated. They all looked like they were on the same team. You lined them up in a line and you would have gone, this is a really professional group here. And I think that counts for a lot. That when Massive. when you look at something and you think it looks the part, it tends to be. I mean, I know I kind of debunk the myth when I stand on the tee and I look like a golfer. <laughs> well, I get that. I get that. There. It's not. It's not. Hey, all. Darren. Every time we play golf together, you always win because I. When you stand on the tee, I think, oh my god, this guy is so sexy. How can <laughs> no. I look at this and compete? <laughs> But about three seconds later, you think, how does that motion actually get the ball going yeah. forward? So I do kind of debunk that myth. And but, at the turn, it's like, hang on a minute, he's a five sausage roll, but he's four up. Come on. <laughs> it's, that, you know, it's, that, it's the opposite to if it looks like shit, smells like shit, tends to be, you know. Yeah. This, they, they looked great. The product looked great. And then based on that, you then look at it and go, I'm really enjoying this. And look good, dads, feel good, play good. Yeah, a couple of the dads had never seen it before. And they were gripped. They went, this is brilliant. Yeah, I could good. watch this all day. And I, and you know what they said to me? It was mad. It was mad. One of the dads said to me, I wouldn't watch this on the telly because I'm enjoying this more than when I put the telly on and watch it, watch the real stuff. He said, I'm enjoying this more because this is real. He said, when I watch it on the telly, I don't really enjoy it. He said, but I could watch this every week. It's mad. And you know what? Wow. An example of that would be. Wow. Yeah. I used to take the kids sometimes and go and watch the Panthers play, the ice hockey in, in Nottingham. Yeah. I've also been to watch the NHL. And I actually prefer watching the Panthers than the NHL. I got more out of it. 
I don't know why it, it was slower. It wasn't a skip, but it was it was raw. And I like that raw element of it. I enjoyed it more because I'm not an aficionado of the NHL, but I like the entertainment value that a British game brought you. And I think they felt something similar. They they it wasn't bright, shiny, and untouchable. It was right in front of them and it was raw. There were mistakes, but it was it was enthralling because you could feel the passion coming off the field. And they love that. So I thought that was I thought that was a real tick in the box, you know, for, for, for what they're doing. So well done, Loughborough University, mainly because they were the hosts. Well done, the NTU Renegades for playing their part as well. Thoroughly enjoyable day had by all. And I was really impressed by every, and I watch a lot of sport. I was really impressed by the whole, I, I had no criticism. When I got in the car, I had no criticism of the entire day. It was brilliant. Well, the criticism you got was from Luca because he'd been sat in the car half an hour waiting <laughs> for you. Dad, where have you been? I'm itching to go. I've got girls to meet. Yeah, but it was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it's hey, great. And, and, and and I just want to reiterate what you said there. You know, we are getting to that stage now where there are less and less mismatched helmets on a UK American football team. You know, Tony Allen at the Warriors, he was like, "If your helmet don't match, you ain't playing," because yeah. we're, we're a team and we stand as one. And all those players that would come over from other teams, he's like, first thing you do is you get your lid painted because you're not coming playing for the Warriors." With another team's logo on the football field, and I think that's right. And and my dad, um, when he first saw the Warriors, when I first started playing my first game in 2010, 11, I'll never forget it because my dad. You got to remember, my dad used to take me when I was 13, 14 to the Manchester All Stars, and he and he'd make sure that his trucking schedule. He wasn't away. He'd make sure that he was back on a Wednesday, and he'd take me Saturday morning to practice because I couldn't drive because I was only a kid. And he'd sit, and my dad was in a band at the time, so he'd sit and he'd have to learn songs for the band. So he'd have his lyric sheet that he'd written out, and then he'd have the cassettes and he'd press play and he'd just take his guitar and he'd sit for three hours learning songs. And he came to the first Warriors game and he went, bloody hell. I went, what? What's up? He went, it's an actual game of American football. I said, well, what do you mean? He went, well, I'll be honest with you. When you're in the All-Stars, it were a little bit shite. <laughs> my dad never swears. My dad never swears, right? He, I, I think I've heard him swear maybe two or three times, and this was one of them. He goes, it was rubbish though, weren't it? I said, and he said, but watching this, the quarterback throws it and they actually catch it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Oh, yeah. Let me just say as well, Vern, shite's not swearing. Right. Well, tell you know. Dad, tell your dad, tell your dad. Tell your dad, listen, we're not classing shite as swearing. You can do a shite. <laughs> no can, you can drop a shite. I should be allowed during Champions League commentaries, to use the phrase shite. I should. Hey, listen, that's not really Darren, swearing. Darren, right, if we were in New Zealand, I yeah. like, Tessie's sister lives in New Zealand and we go and visit on a regular basis. Henry, a uh, big rugby fan, he's, he's, he's a man's man. He's our kind, kind of guy, right, brother-in-law. We're always out, out and about either running or mountain biking, playing golf, doing something. He's a fit dude. We're sat watching, I think it was the rugby, a local New Zealand game. I can't remember which team it was. And the weather came on at halftime. All right, everyone. Uh, i got to tell you, get ready, because it's going to be a little bit pissy out there today. <laughs> like, what? What did he just say? What? Yeah. Like, they just tell it as it is. Yeah, it's a bit pissy. Get your brolly up. Right. Do you do you think there would be any take-up to do a... I, I think I should be allowed once in my life to do a game and say what I want. Oh, man. And, and use... The terminology that I would use in the house, if, yeah, or if but, I'm in the pub with a lad. Because because 
Yeah, and that and yeah, it's a really good point because that's the like the England game. Let's like last night as we record this, England played the USA, and everyone's having a go at, at, at Darren. At, sorry, at, at, at Gareth for for having a boring team. And the stuff that you hear around the pub, come on, Gareth, this is absolutely disgraceful. Yeah, yeah, I think you should be alarmed. I, yeah, I think it's a YouTube event. It's not a, it's not a television event. But you know, if I did it, I think I, I think I'd get sacked. I think people you are going to do commentary. I think somebody would sack me. You probably I would, would love one day to do a game for fun, you know, for a laugh, almost for yeah. comic relief. Yeah. And, and be able to commentate in the way that you would if you were doing it from the boozer. Because I just think people would find it hilarious. Yeah. Well, remember, when, remember when Sky Sports used to do that? Uh, fanzone, the fans on. Yeah. But they were, they were limited because it was actually on telly. So you still couldn't go the whole hog, could you? No. But I think... I think it'd be brilliant if you got a group of commentators together and we all did one, because we'd all do it slightly different, wouldn't oh, we? We'd have so different funny. levels that we'd be prepared to go to. And, and, and imagine allowing our pundits to go proper in, like <laughs> Neville, Ferdinand, you know what I mean? Like, oh my gosh. It's gotta be done. It's gotta be done. It's gotta be Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Let me tell you a quick football story. And I'm not betraying any confidence, but I just thought this was lovely last night. So England played and there's a venue in Nottingham called the Trent Navigation. They've got this massive area in the back. They call it the Big Shed and it holds 500 people. They've got a screen that's as big as the side of your house. And it's, it's brilliant. It's completely HD. It looks fantastic. So last night was a sellout for, for, the, for the England game. The lads have been there all day, by the way. So it was, it was lively. So they'd asked me to go along and host the evening with Des Walker, the great Des Walker, Talia 90, one of the very best central defenders I've ever, ever seen. Um, good mate of mine, known Des a lifetime. Anyway, it's his birthday today, so happy birthday, Des. So we got chatting last night about certain players, and Kyle Walker got brought up. Now, I love Kyle. Kyle comes on the radio on Five Live with me and, 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 and does the show. He's a, he's a great guy. So Des said, He's one of the, he said, because I, I, I got the same to him. I, I said, whose shirts have you got? I said, you, did you collect shirts? He said, yeah, yeah, so I've got a few. So he went through the shirts he'd got. And just kind of from Italian ideas, he'd got Marco Van Basten, Jürgen Klinsmann and Rudy Voller. He'd got all these great shirts. And then he said, I was in Italy. He said, so in Italy, when you swap shirts. You used shirt, to play for Sampdoria, right? Right. He said, in Italy, when you swap shirts, you just put 20 quid in the kitty and they gave you a new one. He said, so we swapped every week. He said, so I got. Frank Rijkaard and all these players, but all, all these great Milan players and all this. He said, they're all in the loft. He said, but I've got loads. I said, all right. And then he said, he said, but I'll tell you what I'd like. He said, I'd like Kyle Walker's shirt. 
He said, because I like everything about him. He said, I don't think he has a fair crack at the whip. I think he's a great defender, blah, 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 blah. And he said, I'd swap one of mine for one of his. He said, Walker for Walker. So I said, hang on. I said, I can, I'll sort this out. So last night after the England match, I messaged Kyle over there in Doha. Listen, I'm with Des, we've been with Des Walker tonight. Loves you to death. If, it, if you'll swap one of your World Cup shirts from this World Cup, Des will give you his Italia 90 shirt. So Kyle's come straight back. I'm in. Absolutely. Because Kyle grew up in Sheffield when Des was at Sheffield Wednesday. Wow. So Kyle had a soft spot for Des when he was growing up. Des wow. So after the World Cup, Des Walker is going to swap his Italia 90 jersey with Kyle Walker for one of his shirts from this World Cup. And I just thought that mutual appreciation within the game I thought that was a brilliant story. Walker for Walker, and and they're gonna they're gonna swap shirts. They both bang up for it, and I just thought that's it. That's a great stunt. I was so privileged to be in the middle of it. Kind of <laughs> broken. Brilliant. I love it. Hey, knowing you, Darren, you've got five percent off the back of that. Well, I'm trying to get the Van Basten out of it. I'm trying to get yeah, the Van Basten out of his feet. But, but how good's that? I mean, that's just fantastic. The meeting Amazing. of eras and what have you. It's great. I watched uh, last night. I know this is an American football pod, but come on, it's the World Cup. Cut some yeah. slack. Um, I was watching the Gaza documentary that's on Sky. Right, uh, gut wrenching is the only word to describe it. Right? A, a tortured genius, we know that. And he was saying when he was playing for Lazio, he actually played against Maradona, and they're warming up, and he goes over to Maradona and says, "Can't believe I'm playing today. I'm a bit pissed." And Maradona went, "That makes two of us." <laughs> <laughs> He said to me last night, Des, that the most talented player that he played with was, was Paul Gascoigne. But he says for him, the best player he's ever seen is Diego Maradona. And yeah. it was interesting because you get... Somebody said to me the other week about you know comparing Maradona, Messi, Ronaldo and all that. I always use the argument of if you saw Maradona play with the modern rules on these pitches, then Maradona would eclipse everything because you couldn't go anywhere near him. Because oh, 100%. he's on a perfect surface and you can't kick him. People then throw the longevity angle at you. Well, look how long Ronaldo's done it for, and Messi's done it for, and Maradona's time was less. But Des made the point last night, you would counter that by saying, because of how physical the game was when Diego Maradona was playing, and you could literally kick lumps out of him every time he got the ball, it was impossible to play at that standard for that long because it took such a physical toll on your body. So I thought that was a good answer. But Des, Des always maintains that Maradona was the best he'd ever played against and seen. And he also told me, I mean, this is great, because I didn't realise Des started training with the first team when he was 15 years old. Forest were European champions around that wow. time. And he said to me, he said, we went to Barcelona to play in a youth tournament in 1983. He said, and I played in the young, the young game the day before, and the, the next day was the, the seniors. He said, I got taken off after 60 minutes. He said, and I didn't know why, because I was, I was flying. He said, but it was because the boss, Cluffy, wanted to play in the next day against Barcelona. And Maradona was playing for Barcelona. And he said it had been tipping down with rain. He said, you kick the ball, splosh. You kick the ball, splosh. You kick the ball, splosh. He said, then Maradona got it. He flipped it up in the air, got it on his foot and ran around with it, juggling it on this wet pitch. He said, and he just took the mickey out of everybody because he was the only one who could do it. He said, I'm there, 15 or 16. And Maradona's on this pitch that's unplayable, flicking it up in the air, volleying it about, and nobody else could do it. He said he was like, wow. He said, I was only a kid. He said it was the most unreal experience ever. Wow. It's amazing how sport, sports science has made the game better 
You know, the rules yeah. are changing for that longevity of players. And it's interesting. I saw the Kelsey brothers doing their podcast, their American football podcast. Uh, one of them plays for the Eagles, the other one, Travis Kelsey, as we know, plays for the Kansas City Chiefs. And they were talking about the fields and how dangerous they are and how hard they are and that they need to need to be changed back to grass because of... And they were saying, which was really interesting, how important it is to choose the right pair of cleats for the surface that you're playing on, on your away games. They were like, you know your home turf, you know which cleats you're going to wear. But when you get to an away stadium, the, the 4G or 5G or whatever it is now, 8G, it's different in every stadium. So you need to take a selection of cleats so that your foot doesn't get stuck in the surface. You twist an ankle, you know, or even worse, you tear an ACL because your foot gets stuck in the ground. And I didn't realize this, but they they vary in hardness, the surfaces. All right. Yeah. And they were saying some are all right, some are quite soft. Some when you when you you know when you hit it with, with your head, they're really, really hard. And that was really interesting how the game's developed. Anyway, yeah. Darren, let's wrap this up. Give us some numbers, brother. Well, you know what? That this is the absolutely perfect segue into the first number because you just mentioned Travis Kelsey. And the first the, the first one I was going to do today, Travis Kelsey's last 16 games. This includes playoffs, so it's a 16 game run. 111 receptions, 1,404 yards, and 18 receiving touchdowns wow. in 16 games. Now, if you put that down as as a season, I mean, tight ends don't do that. That's, no. that's a great year for Randy Moss in his prime. That's a great year for Jerry Rice in his prime. That's a great year now for, for Cooper Cup or, or Justin Jefferson. Yeah, And the point that you would make as well, He's five months younger than Rob Gronkowski, who's now retired. And he's putting those numbers out. 111 receptions, 1404 receiving yards, 18 TDs. And he's five months younger than Rob Gronkowski. I think he's the greatest tight end that we've ever seen. Um, and those numbers are off the scale. Right, next bit. The Patriots' offense. Scored one touchdown in two games against the Jets this season, and they won both games. How do you do that? I've no How do you idea. Play two games, score one offensive touchdown, and win both games. Also, this is my favourite. Right, last one, last one. Cordero Patterson now has seven career touchdowns of at least a hundred yards in length, which is four more than anyone else in league history. Oh, that's a beauty, Darren. And, and the one hundred and three yards that he covered on the touchback, the touchdown run last Sunday, equaled the Jets' entire offensive output for the game. <laughs> wow. That's like the mic drop, but off you go. Call there on yeah. Patterson, poof, off we go. Yeah, well, speaking of which, I've got to go because I've got to take our eldest to drama class, Darren. Go on. Uh, <laughs> uh, lots of love to you and, of course, to our exec producer, Simon. This has been a Shooting Shark production. I'm off to drama. Darren's off to football with the kids. Uh, we'll see you next time. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 